Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Bruce from Printavo. This is Printavo's Printhouse's podcast. We're really excited. We've got another episode this week. We're dropping every Thursday. Today, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are in person. We're hanging out. We're here. We're on the couch. Steven is live. really tan. It's mocha season. Normally, he has a filter on his video to, to even things out, but he's really tan. Why? I got married. Oh, that's right. Congratulations, by Thank the way. You. Matt still owes you a gift. The gift is here. I am the gift. <laughs> it's My presence is the present. That is correct. And he gives me dad jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from your dad 101. This is what I gave Matt today. Is uh, I'd rather be screen printing. Which I'll put on my car, but I actually wouldn't rather be screen printing. And 101 <laughs> dad jokes, but that, that, is that stays in the office. I was just at the Sports Inc. show in san antonio this year they do two a year different cities and it was actually really really cool i don't know how much i could say about how it works but i'm just gonna say everything yeah just give us <laughs> give us everything so wait sports but, inc inc or ink C. so we'll start the sports.inc and host it with steven's website <laughs> do you or your own? websites or true do you own sports.inc or no give us a minute one moment please we will GoDaddy. Set the timer. Producer Chris. For some reason, my GoDaddy always goes to a different language. <laughs> All right. Time's up. <laughs> Hold on. Next Sports. Inc. For some reason. So I've, this is how I've learned Danish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's taken. Damn. Okay. Next time. Sports Inc. Uh, really, really cool. It's the first time we actually did this as a trade show. And there is about 200 to 220 members on the sports apparel side. They do a lot of like high school, uh, you know, junior high club, just all basically sporting apparel. So you only had 200 visitors? Correct. But, okay, super high quality businesses because Mm. they vet people to get into Sports Inc. You have to share financials. You have to go through a two or three hour interview. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the, you just nobody can just go to these things. They have speakers. They like try to keep a really tight knit thing. You pay monthly uh, to be a part of Sports Inc. And then you get these like exclusive. You know, you can sell Nike, you can sell Under Armour, and you get all the inventory. Really it's like easily. being in the Printavo Club. Kinda. What if you guys had to interview I just customers? Campus Inc. shirts. How funny Damn would that it. be if you guys had to interview I customers? Like, hey, I want to sign up for Printavo. We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll think about it. We I to, mean, that is... We have to vet you first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make sure. Let like, me see your financials. Are you a crazy? Are you a Karen? Like, How you know. serious are you? <laughs> <laughs> Producer Chris, you're going to have to edit this one together. But it was fun. It was really cool. Although lower quantity of people for a show, everybody was so, like so legit. So we had every single conversation was such a good. So it kind of seems like you didn't have the kangaroos, right? The people that can like grab stuff and put it in their pouch, but not reach their wallet. Saturday right? visitors. So you didn't yeah. have the kangaroos. You actually had like real solid attendees that were there to actually yes. learn something or, or possibly gain something. for. Their yeah. Business. They were like, look, I, I had somebody come up as like, look, I'm switching off this tool. Just tell me why I need to switch. Cause I want to do it now. Um, we do X amount of dollars a year and you know, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Where do I do this? Where do I do that? Like it wasn't sort of best practice conversation. It was like, how do I do this? Execute, execute, execute. I think they were already qualified. 
Exactly. Because Sports Inc. did such a good job of qualifying them, you're there to deliver a service for customers that actually like know they want it, know they need it. And you're not as much selling them as much as they're coming and saying, oh, crap, everything else out there is bad. Yeah. Right? Um, so, so, yeah. If you're looking or, or you do a lot of team sports, uh, hit them up. I mean, I, I would highly recommend joining it. How you guys? You guys have so many interns here. We are filming in Steven's office. There's a lot of students. Bruce's former office. Former. We came a few times. COVID office. COVID this was our COVID. I office. had to get out of the house. I was losing my mind in the house. Mm-hmm. And then you just left the state completely. Uh, really lost his mind. Back, yeah. I feel like just as much. I'm seeing you more now that you've moved away. I've heard that. You should move back so I can see you less. That works. Okay. Correct. <laughs> But yeah, you've got a lot of students. Yeah, we bring, because we work on the academic calendar, so we brought, we bring eight interns in over the summer for eight weeks, and they have very, very specific goals, and they work on that for 32 hours a week for eight weeks. Is this sales stuff? Um, Sales, marketing, uh, recruiting, um, essentially like every aspect of the business, there's two interns dedicated to that, and they get a good experience, and then... They're also able to make an impact, and uh, we just have fun with them, too. Are these paid interns? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We pay for them to come live in Chicago, so they get 800 bucks a month, and they get paid... And that covers them living in Chicago? Well... Where are it, they living? If you get rent for 1000 a month, at least you get 800 bucks just for a per diem, and then they get paid 32 hours a week. Fridays are off, and... Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty good deal, but it's pretty competitive. Like all of our students across the country compete for the summer internship, mm-hmm. where we actually bring the ones in here, mm-hmm. and um, it's fun. We were just at the lake with them for two days, and I don't know. You're just meeting a lot of these students I've worked with for se- for several years, and I've never actually met them in person. And some of them do like over six figures of business a year, so like they're not secrets. Yeah. That's actually so really good. If I was to leave Printavo, I could slide into one of these spots then and Lake House yeah. Access. Right, right. Okay. What are the other perks? Stipend. Free merch. Stipend. Free free merch. I mean free merch. And one Cheetos. thing I have enough of is free merch in my life. <laughs> Cheetos and free spots. Cheetos. Yeah. Oh, and hard seltzers. Hey. Tang. Cheers. Um No, that's actually super cool. I yeah, mean, I, I know a lot of people that I meet and you're not at the show, they'll be like, oh yeah, we're, we're trying or, you know, we're, we're trying to do the student stuff. And I mean, obviously it's not as easy as just one, two, three. Yeah. I get a lot of phone calls from people being like, hey, I really want to hire students. And I'm like, okay, hire some engineers. Yeah. I mean, how many years into this process are you before you even started doing this intern program? Like, well, we have, um, we're at about 140 students around the country. Um, who are all on Printavo, who all know how to put in their own orders. Damn right. Mm. Um, who are all getting trained in Adobe Illustrator. Ooh. So we pay for all their Adobe Illustrator. How are you doing that training? Are you hosting that? Are you doing like a Udemy or what do you... We do a... You're talking to the mic, Matt. This is first time. better. So a lot of them is my curriculum or like Adam and I. And we really just, we dumb it down a lot, make it really simple. Jeff, who does a lot of our video content, does a lot of tutorials. And really, we just try to get them to a point where they understand Illustrator. They understand the concepts there. So it's not that they're necessarily going to take something and be some crazy artist when they're done as much as 
Can they, you know, take a logo, work with it? If someone sends them a vector file, do they know the difference between a PNG and a PDF? Um, can they pick out our swatch colors? And we say if they can bring us an order and it's like 80% there, mm-hmm. it's better than a lot of the other customers that just drop and I, you know, just say come up with something, you know? Me sending Matt um, JPEGs from Custom Inc. You no. never send print-ready files. Bruce yeah, send is, them as vectors. He's finally gotten no, better. No, they're not vectors. Nope. Nope. What? You save them as a PDF and you assume they're a vector. You have to retain no. AI editing capabilities. There's no the structural integrity to the artwork. He's gotten better over the last year. I no, have trained Matt Bruce how to give me... to send it on his registration template. So I understand that. Make it a lot easier. Um, I didn't have the exact template, so I was sending you the vectors. I think there was one font that wasn't outlined. There was one. <laughs> There's font. been a few issues, but we always get there. It's just another customer. There was one. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> our students are like, if you ask our students the difference between vector and raster, they can tell you. They're are smart. We, are we inclined? Are, are we saying that Bruce can't? No. Bruce? Yeah. No, I cannot. Oh. I don't know the difference between that. Is. Oh, isn't raster when you click on the JPEG and then it transfers in Photoshop to? Uh, uh, like you can edit. And this is why I drink. All right, stick to software. Take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> Take a drink every time Bruce says. I like to the something uh, wrong about. I like for the record to be noted that I've always sent vectors. You never sent a vector. You sent a PDF. I, I, let the record show that. See, that's, that's why incorrect. Steven's no longer our vendor. That's why we moved to Sound and Fury. <laughs> no, you know, you said you said a uh, thirty-two hour work week. I went to two other shops in San Antonio and I've talked to a couple others just visiting around. Everybody was doing four day work weeks. Every single shop that I've been. I mean, there's a lot of research behind that in there that even sometimes saying that doing four 10 hour days is still better than doing five, eight hour days just because having an extra weekend and actually like giving real time to relax means you're going to be working harder for those days. So there's a lot of, research behind that that I've heard already coming across four day work weeks being more beneficial. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it in the production floor that like there's, you know, where are you slow on production? You're slow over like when jobs are setting up and tearing down. Mm -hmm. So with a 10 hour day, you can get a longer work day in. So your presses can just be running without like less breaks, I guess, tentatively, or like you don't have to stop the press in the middle of a job. You can maybe get one or two more runs in. Um, so taking that fifth day is like a prep day. So I'm saying like, all right, Friday is going to be like prep day to like get as much done as possible. So like Monday through Thursday, the presses are just stocked and spinning. Right. So if you took one day a week, now I don't think there's a four hour, four day work week for the owner. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, this was just production. If you took one day a week, that was all prep. And I mean, getting the screens like in the correct order that they need to be printed, everything how much faster would those next four days go? I bet you you'd fly. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of the shops that are hitting that spot are just hiring more bodies to get those tasks done anyways and keep the presses spinning and flying for five days a week. But I think they're over they're they're looking over the fact that people hit burnout, right? Especially in the middle of summer. Like your shop's a little bit different than most, where like you're slowing down for the summer. Most of the shops this time of the year are sweating buckets. We have air conditioning. 120, I know, rub it in. Most shops are 110, 120 in the summer, and they're working. It's a working. great employee perk, though. It, it is. I mean, if you can do a conditioning, like a little spot chillers at the person station, worth it. But either way, when you're working somebody eight, ten hours a day, five days a week at least, 
and it's 100 degrees plus in the shop, you're not at the capacity you should be. I don't care how good the person is. After a couple hours in there, they're slowing down. They have to. So especially in the summer, I can see a lot of a change, especially somewhere out, out in like Texas or out in California where like the, high, the heat index is even higher, saying, look, we're going to only make you deal with it four days a week. Will you put a little bit more through? I'd be willing to bet they're actually putting more output through. They said there was big things. One was commute time. Mm-hmm. So people that especially live further didn't have to drive in for a fifth mm-hmm. day. Yeah. They said um, also the extra three-day work weekend, they felt people were just happier to go in on that Monday. And then they also said it gives the owner and more front-end staff time, like quiet time to just work well on Fridays. And then lastly, the potential of if there's overflow, hey, can anybody come in for a couple hours? So that's the hard part, though, because how do you prevent that overflow from consistently happening? We'd hit happening? that overflow we, every time. That's, that's the problem. In the shops I've run, same thing. You mm-hmm. start off with that intention. Before you know it, you're working Friday and Saturday. I wonder if, but from a customer service... <laughs> Six-day work, six work, work week. <laughs> from a customer service standpoint, you have to have coverage five days a week. Right. If you're going to run a legit company, you have to be answering yes, emails on a Friday. production. So I would even argue that no press is spent on a Monday. That makes more sense to me because, it's the prep day. All right, thoughts behind that? Okay. We're like, I always say t-shirts, we're event planners because we're printing for events, whether it's a family reunion, something, usually you're printing for some event or we need the shirts by this day. Most mm. of the time, those are on the weekends, I think. And we have a lot of due dates. They're always like Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. I feel to your point, we would be using that overflow all the time because you're always packing more stuff in. If you had Monday to prep, 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 and then you printed for four solid days. Yeah, but then you're going to go, well, I'd rather have that extra buffer day. Might as well do Monday through Thursday instead. So I have that buffer day to make my enhanced dates in case something goes wrong on press. And before you know it, you're back in the you corner back this, to work you know five what, days a week. You know what, six you know what would, days. days a week. <laughs> you know what would solve all of this? Bruce, give us an update on Power Scheduler. Power Scheduler. Oh, yeah. Where's that at? I wonder where in um, this, whenever this episode should drop, hopefully the next, oh, I didn't mute. Oh, now he's going to edit it A couple it out. weeks here. So the first step is we're doing a spike, what's called basically they're setting up the database, they're setting up all this backend stuff. In about a week, is queued up. We've gone through that. We've gone through like a ton of interviews with a lot of different shops of like, Hey, feedback on this, go back. Feedback on this design, go back and back and back. And we learned a lot from that to make it better so we mm-hmm. don't screw up and have to redo later. And then, I mean, ideally, I'd love to show something by Conf. October 22nd and 23rd. Woo-hoo! Get your tickets now. Actually, uh, just a quick side note, they are 30% out. Today is June 11th, 2021. So there's a lot of tickets that sold last week. Be sure to. It's, it's going to be really is exciting. Is there actually a capacity? It has to be in the first version. We made the determination that we need to have capacity in the first version. It gives that... Well, no, 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 no. Print what? Hustlers capacity. Print Hustlers capacity. Oh, by Print Hustlers. No. No. What's the capacity for Print Hustlers? Oh, 150. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's a small so crowd. So literally the room will have 150 people and not 151. No. We're selling 150 tickets... The capacity of the room could hit 200. It gets a little bit squeezed in. There's like um, 30 of us at Printavo, though. So, that, that so but there's that. There's sponsors. There's speakers may bring a couple people that, you know, so we needed a good flex. Um, but it's being watched pretty closely. But yeah, I mean, literally the first five days were just like, 
the Eventbrite. I mean, you saw notifications in our Slack. It was like, ding, 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 ding. Um, and so we're at 30% I last checked, and there was a couple more emails that came in. So You got some big sponsors this year. <laughs> yeah, Bell and Canvas. Shouts out to them for helping us out. Um, huge, huge sponsor. We're coming out with like more smaller sponsorship packages. But uh, they they took the, the crown and, and are helping us make it awesome because where we're going with it, everything's so much bigger. The venue's more expensive. All these other things around it. it Everyone's we, getting a Tesla. Teslas will be... Get, I can't it's even... It's like Oprah. You guys are giving away Teslas, right? <laughs> I heard Barrelmaker got one. Rumor so, has it that they are giving... I'm saying they... So they don't know who it is. Could be you. Could be Matt Marcotte. It's definitely not me. Could be Inc. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. DM him. I'm giving my um, niece on rogues. <laughs> hey guys, I just want to give a quick shout out to the weekly brand new newsletter. We're going to link down below that Luke Gardner on our team has been pumping out industry news, really cool tips, blogs, articles, all this other stuff that uh, you guys can read. I just feel like newsletters have gotten annoying and you get them and you just auto read or auto delete or auto unsubscribe. But this one's just like short news and stuff that you can take with you. Um, so definitely check that out. And Luke is an incredible writer. He's very talented. One he, of the he best. Is, these, I've, Accidentally I, I, I've, found him. I've commented lately about them too. Uh, these are a different level. I've been very impressed with the emails lately. Yeah. The weekly's awesome. I was looking for an engineer and I happened to see he was writing. We got on the phone. And I was just like, what do you, like, how would you write? You know, when you write an article, then what? And he talked about the promotion of it and, and all this stuff. And, and I was like, okay. I mean, Luke put together the guide to merch stores. It's a long. I mean, it's a, it's a book. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's literally a book of how to run merch. Shout out Printavo merch. I um, think there's about only a third of shops using online stores, any platform. And so we get asked a lot, well, what do I do? They only sold two shirts. What do I do to like help promote it? How do, how many designs, you know, people will blow out the designs and have like tons and pages and Luke put that together. Just search Printable merch guide in Google and it'll come up and it's a beautiful, like you, you put a lot of work into that too. There's just so many tips in there. Okay. I'm going to jump into our Q and a Q and a for this week. Oh, we got a question. We got a question from is the this crowd. Where Steven and I battle over the answer. Okay, this is, is this a, like wait, 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 Mayweather who just fought Mayweather and the, Logan Paul. Logan Paul, who won and who lost? I think nobody we all won, lost. nobody wait. lost, but they did go eight rounds. I saw some footage where like one's holding the other one up. I'm calling BS on the whole thing. I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was cool. I, I just you think watch it, was, it. When? Where? I couldn't. Because I was just like busy, then I caught at the very end, and I tried to like find a stream, and they were all busted. But it was like the last two minutes, and I was like, I'm not gonna pay forty nine dollars for eighth round and watch the highlights. That's a, that's a printable light. You can't you can't spend that much money on that. No, that was light. That was light plan. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Our question is from anonymous. Um, don't want to cause him any problems. Basically, the question was. How do you create a standardized process for reviews and raises, annual reviews and raises for the team? I feel that it's necessary and uh, part of navigating the waters of employees who may feel like they need or have to have a raise or a promotion um, no matter what. 
they use the word a title to be more straightforward. Um, part of it uh, is the idea that we're doing way better than we actually are, that you know, seeing the top line revenue is what the owners are actually making. And that's just not how it works. Um, there's a couple questions in here actually. One is, okay, how do you do annual reviews if you do them? And then two is, handling the culture of people thinking that the owners are if the if the business is doing 500k that the owner's making 500k wait they're not i'm kidding <laughs> um so there's a, there's a couple things to that um, and i'm sure steven's got a lot of great answers too um one there is a problem with people being a little too entitled people think they oh i should get five percent i should get ten percent yearly it doesn't always work like that but if you're also doing an annual review and you're doing it once a year you're digging your own grave for this to be a problem. Um, you shouldn't be going, oh, the years come up, now let's have this hard conversation with all this condensed time that has passed. You should be doing much more frequent check-ins, one-on-ones, um, monthly at the very least with every employee. Um, that way you've got 12 of these reviews you've done throughout the year. When you were so, running a shop, what, what are those meetings, like what questions were you asking? A lot of times those questions would be very simple, be a little like 10 minutes. I would do them every other week, so I'd have at least 10 minutes with every employee every other week. Um, and you stick to it. It's 10 minutes unless it like needs to get longer, but otherwise it's just 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And during that time, you talk about what's going well for you, what's not going well for you, where do you think you can improve, where do you think I can improve to help you improve, mm -hmm. and have open conversations. And then after a couple of weeks, they might get a little more, less formal, right? And it's a little more like kind of just chit-chat. But you can also determine more things, see how they're acting, how they're feeling and determine things and talk to them about where do you want to go? What do you think your growth pattern is? And you can start to see who's actually got the gusto to want to grow in your company, who's more okay kind of just clocking in, clocking out and doing the daily thing, and then figure out how am I going to make this person happy long-term? Is it someone I even need to worry about making happy long-term? Because the answer is sometimes not always, right? So being more aware of who your, your employees are and working with them, and then being transparent too. So going to, oh, well, we're making a million dollars. That means you must be making a million dollars. Well, educate them, right? Try to have more of an open open book policy as much as you can. Make sure they understand like, hey, that ink costs $75 a gallon. Oh, those gloves you're throwing away on every single changeover cost a dollar each. Oh, right? Be a little more transparent as to what those costs are as well. That way they're not flying blind because they don't understand business. It's not your job to teach them business, but it's your job to be as transparent as possible to help them feel like they're doing their best and they're understanding what they can in the day to day. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think it's fair. Um, so I think reviews are super important. I'd say there needs to be cadence that's done regularly with every employee in your company. Right. So Matt was saying like, if you're the production manager, you need to be meeting with your press operators every two weeks and doing like a check-in, whether it's like, you know, away from the shop or 10 minutes in a quiet room where you can talk so that things don't bubble up to like needing to do them in an annual review. Right. So that an annual review is maybe just like one highlight of 30 meetings that you've already had. I think that cadence is really hard to build. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline and as a business owner, it's really hard to do. I'll just say it. I, it's really hard for me to do. And so I have to be very routine with them and I have to trick myself into doing them. So one, one thing I do is, uh, like with my sales team, they have to, um, what do they have to do? 
when the month closes, they have two weeks to set up a one-on-one with me to go over their commission. You don't get your commission until you do your monthly one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That's my way of knowing that I'm always going to do a one-on-one with them. That being said, we will do like quarterly reviews. And before the review, we give them a personal reflection, like just like a guided, hey, here are 10 questions to answer. And what's awesome is like when you give your employees the time to reflect, they are very thoughtful and insightful. They usually know what's wrong and they usually say it. Anything that's come up that you remember? Um, like recently we did one and um, the employee, you know, it was like 10, 15 questions. And we're like, what's something that really frustrated you? And we both had the same answer, which was cool. It was like a, a, a tough job for something going on. And it was just great for them to reflect on it and us. And then we could like, we could have closure on it. You know, it wasn't festering or anything like that. And so I think those reviews are so important. I also think self-reflection is very important um, and, and, and being very candid about it as well. Um, as far as the transparency goes, we have something in our shop called like a daily burn. So if we don't print a single shirt, how much does your shop cost to run each day? That's a big thing. And everybody share. knows that? Yeah, because it's a huge number. What is your daily burn? Uh, depends on the time of the year, but during peak season, eight to nine thousand dollars a day for twenty days a month. So that's your that's your operating cost. Mm-hmm. So when you start showing people that you're starting off at a deficit and so, you got to work your way out of it, it sw- it quickly changes that paradigm and how they're thinking about right. that day. So if your daily burn, if you just turn the lights on and pay everyone and don't print a single shirt or don't buy a single shirt, we start that number negative in the hole, and every order we do is digging our way out of it. So we know at the end of the way, end of the day, did we, did we dig our way out of like our debt today? Mm-hmm. And when I, and I did this with more of my management team, but they have, we have a daily scorecard or a weekly scorecard that we do. And they'll be like, oof, like last week was rough. And you know, I'll be like, well, we lost 10 grand last week per se, but we've got huge orders coming on the backside. So I think creating that transparency gets them bought into a bigger picture to know that like, you know, when you're a little frustrated or when I'm frustrated, there's a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hey, when Grant, you, it's on the wall. when you messed up, when, when an order got really messed up or botched, it's my bank account and not yours. Right. So, um, not as a way of like scaring anyone, but I tell my team, when we win, we will win together and we will be rewarded for it. I'm not going to ever leave anyone behind. I don't think anyone does that here, you know? And I think some people think like, oh, they're just going to leave us in the dust. I don't think so. I, I don't know many shop owners that would do that, you know? I mean, a lot of this boils down to transparency, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we, we personally at Printava, we share revenue. We don't have like in the whole per se, because the, obviously the, the, the income model is different, but... Um, all revenue and analytics around revenue is shared with everybody so that they can dive in and use that data to affect their role to help grow. Oh shit. Wow. Okay. Churn is, you know, this is a problem. It's for these plans. Well, you know, it was during this period. I think that I was because of these accounts I set up or, or whatever from this campaign or something like that. Um, we, I, I think the one that pertains more to us is the reviews. Uh, I personally hated annual reviews at the end of the year because my memory so bad passed two days ago. I'm, that, actually, like, I'm actually coming up to my one year mark here pretty soon. So it's, it's thank perfect you guys so much for joining this. us on this episode. Son of a- <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys every th- 
No, okay. and I will not be here. Apparently, um, <laughs> I, I don't remember this. And I remember like working in a larger company, and you know, you get this long form, right? And it's like. Uh, fill this in. What do you think was the biggest accomplishment? What do you think you can improve upon? What, what Bruce ate for like, lunch last week? I can't remember this. <laughs> what are you talking about? And so I, of course I get undersold because I'm like, what? I, you know, I'm just like chugging along. I'm like trying to do this and fix that and do this like every single day. I can't remember this. Anyway, I think that was just almost worthless versus our, we have one-on-one. So throughout Printavo, every manager will have one-on-ones with their team. And it's not as much reviews. I think for us, it's a little bit more of um, uh, like kind of a part hangout to, to just connect, mm-hmm. especially as we're remote. We lost our lights. We're going to keep it rolling. Five o'clock somewhere. We're going to keep it rolling. Um, part <laughs> reviews, or I'm sorry, part hangout to like connect and just chit chat and like things that you're having problems with. I feel like I want to help. And I, and I push this on our management team is that I want you to help your team move the boulders out of people's way. So it's like, Oh, what, like, what are you slow on? Or where are you stuck? Or I see you're doing this over and over. Like, can we, can, can we buy this tool or do that or something to get you moving faster? I think it's, I think it's an important thing to do. And it kind of goes with like the doing it like every couple of weeks or at least monthly it's more of a gauge for that person. You're getting a gauge for like how they are, who they are. Yes. Right. What do they care about long term? Exactly. And Where that way you're go? understanding their persona more. Exactly. So when they come in and they're having a, a just a crap day and they're off the handle, you can go, well, hang on. That's not who they are. I know this now because I've already gauged who they are as a person. This is not the issue. Something else is bigger. That's a problem. Let's pull them aside. What's going on at home? Right. What's going like this is not you. I know it's not you. I'm not going to get angry at what just happened because it's not like you, right? If you don't know the person because you're not getting a gauge for who they are, then when things go sideways, you don't know where to even start to address the problem. And and that I think is huge is the giving the feedback, but also making sure to write it down somewhere so you can bring it up because it's mm-hmm. so easy to be like, oh shoot, I can't believe they did this. And then you totally forget about it and don't say about anything that biweekly you brought this up in that helping people learn to do better through questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, Hey, take a look at this, this thing that we worked on. You know, I, I want us to be more professional. How do you think this could have matched that goal? Right. And let people come to it and start self-solving. I can't remember what the problem was that I was dealing with, but you were like, because it's a very touchy situation, and you you talked about more of asking the questions to get like servant, them to servant save leadership, it. like right. It was letting them, them come to the answer instead of you just going, "Hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z." Because okay, move on. I heard. I don't know where we got this from in sales management, but they say like, you got two ears, one mouth. So like every time you want to say something in management, turn it into a question. Like anytime you want to work downstream, you always turn it into a question, right? So I could say like, you know, Bruce, you need to clean your shoes. They're a little scuffed from LA. Or I could say like, Bruce, I noticed your shoes are a little scuffed. Is there anything you haven't been doing that makes them a little dirtier? Because I noticed that <laughs> They're not as clean as when you lived in Chicago. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> and you'd be like, well, maybe, uh, you know, but anything, literally like I was in a class for like sales coaching and they literally said like, pick anything that you want to say and try to turn it into a question every single time and see if you can get, you know, those working underneath you to actually surface it with their own words. 
and then so, self-solve next yeah, time. Yeah, and so like even if it takes a roundabout way or even if it takes longer to get there and something so silly as your shoes, can you get them to like start to be like, yeah, I, I could do that, but you know, actually, and, and they'll actually start like coming up with, with statements that make them solve the problem. And when they've come up with the, the solution, they're buying into it usually a little bit easier than being dictated or told. By yeah, when they verbalize the it, what more could you ask for? As long as they get, and I was, I was even, I don't know where this is. Maybe it's on like Sandler system or something, but they say like, don't stop. If they aren't getting to it, you're not asking the right questions. Right. Um, and you need to work on the way that you're asking the questions. But Kevin Baumgart always says that, tell me more. Yeah. Tell me, is there anything else? Is there anything I'm missing? But yeah, I, I don't know if we ask enough good questions to our team every day. Um, or we just, we just want to get the quick way of, yep, do this and get out of here. You know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, our students or even our employees will be like, Hey, do you think I priced this right? And I'll always turn it on to them and say, well, what do you think? What do you think is fair? And then they'll come up with it. And most of the time I say, yeah, that's pretty good. Conversation. I always think it's just important to, like I said, document it. Um, with, with my history running shops, I'd always have notepads where I just go to that person. I'd take a couple of quick shorthand notes about the meeting. Um, that way, when it came to my end of the year review, like you said, too, I could look at like my 30 data points and go, okay, they were good. And during that time, I'd also figure out like tracks for like what they wanted to do, what they wanted to achieve. Then I'd hold them to that. Be like, oh, in February, you said that you wanted to learn this and I gave the opportunity to do those things. Did you own those, those opportunities? Well, not enough. I agree. Not enough. I would love to see you do that next year. So let's plan for that for next year. This year, because we didn't hit the opportunities we wanted to hit, you were given the chance to do them. I'm going to be able to allot you this much of a raise or this much of a thing, or we're going to do whatever, right? But it's not a surprise because mm -hmm. they were in those conversations too, right? Sure. So it's never one of those like, oh man, it's like, well, we talked about this. You knew you didn't do it. So how could I reward you if you didn't do it, right? Um, so I think just, uh, again, we keep circling on the same answer. It's just transparency. It's, it's everything. I think the other thing that's going to seem really silly is really great note-taking. In the meetings or in the meetings, mm -hmm. you know, I, I used to have a journal and I'd write everything down and then sometimes I'd forget my journal and I'd sit down for a meeting and then I just like pull out a piece of paper and I lose that paper. Like how bad does that look? You know, if you're a manager or you've got employees and you're not taking notes or, or writing down or have transparency. And so you just put it in a Google doc or I realized that like everyone in the company took notes a little differently. So we kind of standardized like, Hey, we're all going to take notes this way when we're in management meetings, like there's always going to be a date up here and you can always find it, you know, so that if I have a meeting with Nick, but Nick isn't my direct report, Adam, who's his manager can see it and be like, Oh, you guys had a one-on-one. -on -one. Right. So interesting. It sounds silly. So management transparency. It sounds too. silly, but yeah. you know, like in bigger companies, they, they have those things. Like they have their employees in a thing and they can see where everyone's at and who's met with them or there's like lattice and tools like that. Mm, that's right. Um, is it lattice or lattice? Yeah. I don't know. L A T T I C. -E. Yeah. But you can use like a Google doc. You just all have to agree upon it. Mm -hmm. Um, we use notion. That's the one we use. Notion.co or SO? So. Mm -hmm. Notion.so. It's kind of a cool uh, like notepad type tool. There's a concept um, by the CEO of Shopify, Tobias Lutke. <laughs> He's a German Can you guy. say that again? One more time, slower. Lutke. 
<laughs> Spell it. You did uh, the sentence. CEO of Shopify. Origins. German guy in uh, Canada. Can you say that again? Luke. We're going to see how good Bruce's mics are. Yeah. The point is, is that they have this concept at Shopify called the trust battery. And it's a way for them to extract opinions and be able to talk about them in a third person almost. And so, for example, they have, uh, I have this quote here and they'll say, hey, you made a commitment to ship this feature and you did, that's awesome. It's a super big charge on your trust battery, but we're ac- but you're actually late for almost every meeting. Although it's minor, it decreases the, the charge a bit on your battery, you should fix it. And so, you know, people care about keeping that battery charged, I guess a separate aspect and it kind of makes feedback a little bit easier, which I was like, that's interesting. Cause I wonder if sometimes when I'm like, Hey, I need you to do this or I need that, you know, and you kind of start it just gamifies you them. outputting stuff. It, it helps people think about it a little bit more instead of, Oh, just boss of this or what, you know, I don't know. I thought I mean, it was it's like cool marbles concept. in a jar. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's you're a, depleting my marbles, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, I like trust battery. I need you to it fill is my marbles. Cool. Bruce. But they said that, that let's like, talk about features. Like your iPhone is running low and you want to start charging it. You know, you feel like you have to start charging. So that's the way they think about it. And they said they talk about it a lot and they've made it a part of the a part of the culture. So That's really cool. It actually is I like that concept because it helps you again, you're gauging the people you work with. You know where they're at. You can almost start to tell when their battery's full or when their battery's running low based on how they're acting. Yep. So actually being able to like quantify that with a way to interact, talk about that, I think makes it easier and takes away the attitude of being like, yo, you're in a bad mood today. It's like, Hey, seems like your battery's a little low. You good? Like, mm-hmm. I think what's interesting too is the example that you just talked about. They actually say that like the features were amazing that you did. The deliverables were awesome, but you can't make meetings on time. And instead that's, of just, Hey, you're always late. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're taking something huge. Like the engineer might turn around and say, well, these features are awesome. Yeah. But you can't even come to your meetings on time. So they're putting value in the things of that they need out of their team as far as, right. you know, saying please and thank you showing up on time as well as, uh, the it deliverables. Keeps, it keeps them, maybe it keeps you more even when leaving that meeting too. So, so it's not like just cutting down. I think it's also important to let your employees know the little things matter more to the owners than you would think, mm-hmm. like showing up on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes your team doesn't think that, but those are the things I watch out for all the time. I'm always looking at like, are they on time? Are they Were they really attentive in that meeting or not? Were they super distracted? Yeah, I do think about that. I think those, but, are, those, are, those are tells for bigger things often in my, in my opinion too. Totally. So if someone's coming in a little bit late, I'm going to probably doubt they're getting their other things done as well because they can't do the simplest thing of clocking in on time are they actually doing things that i'm not looking and usually answer is no right right so those small very miniature minuscule things that someone be like oh it doesn't matter they do matter and they they are a tell just like when you're playing poker right someone starts to have a tick when they're bluffing like you can start to see those tells based on the little minute actions that people are doing throughout the day mm-hmm. so all the more reason why I, I also like this this concept of the the battery. I'll link to the to the screenshot down below so you guys can read that full section. Uh, he did this really long interview, and I thought that what was his name? Tobias Lutk. <laughs> 
Um, one thing I wanted to share with you guys too, we've got this open data dashboard that I put together. Uh, producer Chris, can you just put like a nice screen of this up? Splash. Um, it's cool. It, what it's showing is 2021's order volume going through Printavo. And then it's also got 2020 last year, which is hard to base off because it was, it was really shaky. And then uh, 2019, which was a little bit more steady. Um, but what's interesting is you could see the normal peaks and valleys. For example, in 2019, kind of where things go up, they take a dip in like May, June, um, and then start creeping up again into the to the fall and then fall off in the holidays. Uh, but But you could see just the roaring, the roaring second quarter here going off um, that normally would be a little bit slower and kind of evened out. Now this did dip a bit, uh, kind of late May, which always does happen. It's crazy. And then continues up. There's always tends to be this dip around, let me see what month that was. The, uh, June, middle of June that falls off and then continues to, to kind of flatten throughout and have a pretty solid rest of the year. But uh, this, I just found it kind of interesting. This COVID part is crazy. Well, that yeah, yeah. And so you can see the green line here. Um, the the COVID aspects were, you know, at the bottom of those are just weeks, and then total number of orders on the y-axis. But yeah, I mean, around like thirteenth week here, like it was just it really resembled uh, Christmas to New Year's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but obviously had a lot slower of a, of a recovery, but, uh, kind of cool. I don't know. I think it's crazy to see the same exact dips. So what's interesting this year is everything was delayed just a little bit, right? So the normal January slowdown kind of happened in February Mm -hmm. and the May slowdown was just a little bit later. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. so then we're going to expect when hopefully not around the 4th of July. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you were spot on. I mean, you could see 2019 and 2020 was the exact same week. Yeah. And then now this year, you're right, it shifted. So um, you should do one with quotes versus invoices. All right. I'm going to build more stuff. I'm going to share more stuff with you guys on the data side. I think it's really fascinating. And uh, you can always check this out. Use it, right? Use it to plan for for cash flow, for for hiring, whatever you want. So that's cool. That's the Printava Open Data um, the last thing you started reading two second lean. I read it. And I, I, I start books to finish them, Bruce. Ooh. <sighs> Second time shots it. are fired today. I'm going to start it. I have a goal. I, <clears throat> I want to go into getting uh six Sigma f- certified. Let's start with a book. But you said you were going to go through it too. My operations manager and I were talking about potentially taking the course together. Allegedly because it would be a cool accountability thing for the two of us to do okay. where we have to pay someone and then we have How to How long go- is that course? I think it's a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, likelihood of it happening, 25%. Okay. All right. We'll start with two secondly. Are you going to, you want to do it? Uh, which one? Six Sigma or? No, two second. I want to do both. Okay. Two second leans a book you finish in an afternoon. All right. Perfect. Well, we'll both start it. We'll <laughs> How see many pictures? who finishes it and when. If you started over there and you started over there, we could live stream it and you guys would be done. How many pictures? Yeah. Is it a pop-up book? I only read <laughs> pop-up. Um, all right. We're going to start that. We'll, we'll update you guys next Thursday. But uh, the last, last thing um, is traction. We haven't brought up traction in a little while. But 
What's interesting is that we've been trying to run it actually really more closely because of the data KPIs aspect. And I felt like when we set up traction, if you guys haven't started the book or read it, just, just go through, it helps you create long-term goals. It gets your whole team synced up. You create KPIs for the business and it really sets up a structure for the business. One of the pieces though is setting up KPIs and sticking to them and bringing them up again and again and again in every weekly meeting. I have found that really hard to to make sure to bring that up because sometimes it's like, you know, these numbers aren't going to be affected in a week. It's sort of a longer term change and you also I found have to be on it like physically like making sure to cover it, making sure it's updated you know, and all this stuff. Cause it's, it's not automated. Like there's so many data sources. Like the, the, one of the things you're supposed to do is show it daily or weekly because it's such a minute change, but it gets you to start to understand what it really takes it, to make that change. It's arguably one of the biggest changes we made this January. And one of the best is the scorecard. Hmm. So we went through, okay. So the reason the scorecard is so important is because there's a lot of tangible data that you should be bringing out of the business in real time. When I say real time within a week and not waiting until your accountant shows you those numbers. So like the, the, the numbers that your accountant shows you are kind of at the end, the scorecard is to be very proactive and kind of know like the data that you just showed us. So we went through and we picked like 20 data points and they all have to be very easy to attain. So how many orders got submitted by students last week? Just want to know like the number. Mm-hmm. And then how much revenue came from students versus wholesale orders. And then what I did is I am not good enough to put all those numbers in. So I made a loom video of exactly how to find those numbers. And that was really hard. Adam and I worked on it like for a whole day, just making five minute videos, like go into Printavo, export this, put this filter on, you know, or go into Shopify, go into ShipStation, figure out how much you shipped last week. And then every manager has to submit those orders. And we have this meeting on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. with our management team. And the scorecard is perfect for 25 weeks. Like it's it's bang on. Um, Do you set the goals for the next quarter and then you're filling in what actually happened? Well, I think right now it's not so much goal driven as it is getting really good KPIs. So we've been just like making them better and making sure they're more accurate. So we pick through them, but then the team will come out and say, Ooh, we've got this coming up or wow, last week you saw a huge drop off. And so they start verbalizing the issues and it just creates a sense of accountability with your management team. And it's so helpful um, because then they're constantly looking at it and they'll either see something and say, I don't know if that's right. I'm going to check on S and S like that cost of goods for last week seems a little high. And they'll check in and say, oh, we were buying stuff for a huge bulk order in a month. And you're like, okay, I'm glad you came up with that. So I don't know, just putting numbers behind stuff mm. makes everyone happier. Even like a lot of people on the Printavo user group have been doing like data studio stuff. I see that. Like Corey's been doing it. Justin's been doing it. If you're not in the uh, Printavo user group um, and you are using Printavo, it's not ours, uh, but it's really cool. People have been sharing some really cool stuff that they've been yeah. doing. But I know Corey Beal Corey's put up actually going to be a guest on Pertava University coming up here Shout in a couple out. of weeks, and he's going to be showing us how he did the screen screen uh, one. I mean, that's cool because like there there was a need there of how many screens have been reclaimed, how many we have in cycle, and he standardized that whole thing using like Google Sheets, a barcode scanner, and Data Studio. That right there is a cool KPI that helps his shop run more efficiently. I bet you he's much more efficient using screens now. 
um you know that's something like we need <laughs> we just buy more screens listen in every thursday printavo pronounces podcast i'm your host bruce from printavo we've got Stephen fair matt marcotte we'll see you guys next week